Let's be honest, deep down, we all want a coach. We want someone who can tell us what to do to help us uncover what's holding us and our businesses back. But actually investing in a coach, that can be really scary. You probably wonder, what if I don't get a return on my investment? What if my business doesn't actually grow from this? What if we just don't click? If you're nodding along and maybe have a little pit of anxiety inside of your stomach as you listen to this, you're in the right place. Today I'm joined for a second time by one of my biz besties, Erin Hayworth, and we're going to chat all about how to find the right coach for you. Erin is a productivity coach, business strategist, and founder of Work With Process, a boutique business strategy consultancy. She empowers service-based online entrepreneurs to take back their to-do list, find the joy in their business, and up-level their impact by strategically working towards their goals and ultimate vision of their business and life. She uses her years of marketing, branding, and customer service experience to create roadmaps for her clients to know what they need to be doing next to get to where they want to go. Today, she's going to share her stories of coaches that she hired that she didn't align with, how she moved forward and made sure she was a good fit with her current coaches, and what she thinks you need to do before you ever hop on a discovery call with a coach. We're also chatting group coaching versus one-to-one coaching, how our coaching processes work, and the number one question that you should ask while on a discovery call to determine if you and a coach are actually a good fit. This episode is jam-packed with great information and a serious behind-the-scenes look at the coaching industry so that you don't have to be scared to find and invest in the right coach anymore. You're listening to the Chasing Simple Podcast, episode number 20. Let's dive in. How do I run a successful business from my home? How can I possibly wear all of the hats? Am I the only one that struggles with staying organized? What am I supposed to do about work-life balance? How can I create a solid schedule and routine? How do I even stay productive? And the biggest question of all, how do I manage it all? And can I really create a business that I love without being chained to my laptop? Welcome to the Chasing Simple Podcast, where hard conversations and actionable education meet simplicity. I'm your host, Amanda Warfield, time management coach, online educator, and crazy cat mama. My mission is to help overwhelmed biz owners get more done in less time so that they have more time and energy for what matters most. If you feel overwhelmed or occasionally lost in the roller coaster that is entrepreneurship, I want you to know that you aren't alone. Those things you're feeling, you aren't the first or the last to feel that way. The hard things you're going through, someone else has already been there too. Each week, I'll bring you transparent conversations, actionable steps, and a judgment-free community to encourage and equip you. So grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever your drink of choice is and meet me here each week for love, support, practical tips, and advice on simplifying your biz. Let's do this entrepreneurship thing together, shall we? Hey friends, so before we dive into this episode, I just want to take a moment to make sure that you're aware of this resource that I've created for you. So content creation, it's a lot of work, right? First, you've got to decide what to post about, then you've got to outline it. Next comes your rough draft, then your edits, and a second edit, and then more edits, and then you finally got your final draft. But then you still have to format it, create and choose the graphics and images you're going to use, and then finally you can schedule it. But that doesn't even include any of the work you have to do once it's out there for the world. 
It's exhausting, right? Now you already know that I am all about using batching to speed this process up. But I kept hearing from y'all that the actual creation process also just takes a really long time for you. So I created a free audio training for you. Eight tips for faster content creation. This training is all about the actual writing process and how you can speed that along. And as always, it's really quick to listen to, learn from, and implement. If you're ready to speed up your content creation process, head on over to amandawarfield.com forward slash resources. Again, that's amandawarfield.com forward slash resources to snag that free audio training. Hit pause, get your hands on it, and start simplifying the content creation process. And then, of course, you can jump right back into this amazing episode. Hi, Erin. Thank you so much for coming back on. I'm so excited to have you on for a second time. Oh, I'm so excited. We always have such a good time whenever we chat. I know. Tell everyone, just as a reminder, a little bit about yourself and what you do. And for those of you that haven't already listened to episode 10, definitely go back and do that. That's the first episode that Erin was on. And then come back and listen to this one. Yeah. So my name is Erin Hayworth. I am a small business strategist and a productivity coach for online entrepreneurs. Basically what I do is I help online entrepreneurs to streamline their processes and their life and their business to remove barriers and make their lives easier so they can get to their big goals, to their dreams faster and easier. Today we're going to talk about coaches and making sure that you find the right fit because there are a lot of there are a lot of different coaches out there. There also everyone has a different expertise. There there really aren't any two coaches that do the exact same thing. So how do you determine where you're going to invest and who you're going to invest in? And Erin has had quite a few experiences with coaches. So Erin, could you just tell us a little bit about your very first coaching experience? Yeah. So when I was looking at starting my business, um, this was in the summer of 2018. Um, I had decided I'm going to start a business. And of course, the, the thing that you think about whenever you're jumping into entrepreneurship for the first time is how do I make this successful? Other people have gone before me. How do I take some of their knowledge and really make it work for me? And so that that's basically what business coaches are. Somebody hopefully that's done what you want to do before you have um, and done so successfully. So they know the pitfalls, they know the shortcuts, they know the things that you're going to run into, and they can hopefully help you navigate that to help you get to where you want to go faster than if you're doing it on your own. And so I had read a lot about why to invest in a business coach and and things like that. And there's a lot about money mindset there too, which basically is like, okay, if you invest money in yourself, then it kind of tells yourself that this is really a serious business. It's not a hobby. It's, you know, and, and that's what I would think I was trying to not only prove to everybody else around me, but also to myself. And so in July, I was actually on vacation with my family in Colorado and had a discovery call or break for call or whatever it was called with a coach. And I, she was a great, she was a great salesperson. And so on the sales call, she was like, so yeah, I can solve all your problems and I can help you get clients faster and all these things. And it's $7,500 investment in it. And having not started my business yet, that was a hefty investment, $7,500, um, when I had made $0. Yeah. So, um, and we, it's not like I had seed money or anything like 
got to start. This was all coming out of our savings in order to start. And so I actually had a conversation with my husband and with my mom while we were on vacation. They basically very caringly said, you might want to think about this. I got all huffy and was like, you guys don't believe in me and slammed the door, (laughs) called the coach back and was like, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this at this time. When I'm ready to, I will reach out. Um, So that was like a false start kind of a thing. And I'm actually really glad that that's how it happened. Um, I mean, we can talk about supportive family members (laughs) another day, but um, I'm actually like looking back, like I'm really glad that that happened. The first time I actually hired a coach was actually later that year. And it was very interesting because her process was almost exactly what the first coach's process was, but it was only $5,000. So I thought I was getting like this amazing deal and it was a really interesting, interesting thing. But again, it was, I can help you get clients faster and easier, kind of on autopilot, like all of these big promises. And if you're starting business new, all you know is you need to get clients to serve them, to be successful, to get testimonials, to be able to continue to do what you do and to grow. I was also working my nine to five at this time. So the idea was, is grow this enough that I could leave that, have enough income to replace, replace that income. And so in, I believe it was September, early September, I did a call with this other coach, new coach, and it was only $5,000. And I went and talked to my husband and he, there, there had been a little bit of conversation since the last time we had talked about it. So he, I think it was just shredding lightly. He goes, you do what you need to do. I was like, I'll pay it all back. I will put it all back in our savings account. I'm going to make this back in like two months. And so I signed up, I paid in full $5,000, which was a great great thing for me because it did tell myself like there is no plan B. This is Mm -hmm. the where I'm going. And for somebody who, I mean, before that there'd been a lot of false starts, things that I wanted to do and never quote unquote finished or followed through with completely. And so this was like the thing that I needed to say, I believe in myself. There is no plan B. We are moving forward with this. There is no question about it. And it went pretty well for a while. Um, but I realized that the way in which this particular coach coached didn't align with how I best learned. It was a group program and it was, there was like two one-on-one calls throughout the whole thing. She didn't know anything about my business either single time that we had a call. And I did not, I did not make the ROI from that particular coach. Um, It ended, it was like a six month or three or six month or something like that in the, um, engagement and I left it feeling let down and a bit like not not that I had wasted money or wasted time but that I didn't get what I was promised but it was a great learning experience (laughs) so that was like coaching gone wrong but it's a lesson that, that I'm so thankful that I was able to go through because that set me up for being super discerning about coaches in the future. Mm, Okay. And I know that this is a big fear for a lot of people when they're looking for a coach because 
a lot of times there are these huge, big promises, but how, how do you know if they're actually going to deliver on them? What have you done since then as you've hired other coaches to make sure that you had a better fit? Yeah. So um, as of today, I have two amazing business coaches that, like you said, have different expertise and I learn from in different ways. So having been quote unquote burned, I was very cautious about investing a large sum of money again. So for like six months, I did not directly hire a business coach. What I did was learned, like kind of took them on as mentors when they didn't even know that I existed. I listened to podcasts, I read books, and I really investigated teaching styles. And and what really resonated with me, the way that things were presented and, and things like that. So I did that for a good six months and did not invest another dime in directly in a, a business coaching relationship. Um, I'm obviously I read books, you know, um, audiobooks and, and things like that and, and did listen to podcasts. But um, in, in June of that next year, it was June of 2019, I signed up for Amber Housley's Blooming Business Inner Circle whenever she opened it up. Um, and that's actually where you and I met mm-hmm. was in the inner circle. Um, and it was it was not a one-on-one coaching experience. It was a, a large group and the, the investment was a fraction of what a one-on-one would be. And so it was basically like I had gone from zero to 60 and got burned. So now I was like easing my way back into it so that I could really figure out what was going to work for me and what I actually, actually needed. And so um, I, I'm still as of today, still in the inner circle and, and she's still one of my coaches. So I let that, I, I let myself you do that sort of level of coaching for, I mean, over a year. Um, and then I guess it was six months when it was just that, um, but I've done it for over a year. And then I would follow other coaches and continue to do my research, continue to um, really vet while learning, vet, vet other coaches while learning. And in late December of 2019, I um, hired a a coach for one-on-one because what I felt like I was missing was that one-on-one I'm one of the, I'm I'm a very impatient person. (laughs) So I don't like to wait for somebody to come up with what I need. I like to be very direct and ask questions. How does this apply to my business? How can I get to where I need to go faster and easier? And I am so aware that I'm an impatient person, but it does influence um, the best ways in which I work. So I'm getting the strategy, but I'm also getting kind of like that one-on-one back and forth um, as well. So that's when I hired my second coach in, uh, we actually started in January of this year, 2020. And and that is a one-on-one. It was a multi four figure um investment and it's been one of the best investments i've made so i i feel so good with the two coaches that i have now but i don't think i would have gotten to that point had i not had that kind of like ugh, experiment experience before and experiment i guess it's technically an experiment too. it's all an experiment <laughs> yeah exactly okay i really love 
something you touched on kind of indirectly there, the two different types of coaching. You've got group coaching and you've got one-on-one coaching. And I think that both are very important for different reasons. So group coaching, it helps you build a community around you, which back on episode six, I talk a lot about how I kind of isolated myself in my business. I didn't kind of, I did isolate myself in my business until I invested in the inner circle and that helped me build a community of amazing women around me. And now I have really awesome podcast guests like Erin come on and get to be a guest twice. And that changed the direction of my business just by not feeling alone anymore. And also Amber is a marketing genius and I learned a ton in there. But then one-to-one coaching is so nice because like you said, it's very tailored, especially to you and your unique life and your unique situation and your unique business, right? And so these are two totally different kinds of coaching that I like that you baby stepped your way into it. And then now you've got both. And I think they're really important. They're just two sides of the same coin, really. Do you have any tips as far as discovery calls go. When you're on a discovery call with someone that you've done your research, you think you'd be a good fit, you're really feeling that that attraction level that comes when you're seeking out other mentors and you're like, okay, this is someone I want to work with. You've got that feeling. You hop on the discovery call. What What tips do you have for someone who's doing that? Are there any questions that you wish you had asked or that you have asked that were really helpful for figuring out if you were for sure a really good fit with your coach? So I feel like with the two coaches that I have now, by the time I got, well, at least with the one-on-one coach I have now, by the time I got on a call with her, I kind of already knew that she, she was speaking my language. Um, I didn't know exactly what it looked like, obviously like features and benefits and what the package looks like and what I get and all of that's really, really important. But I think what the most important thing that I did was I didn't go into it blind. I did my research. I mean, I probably followed this person for six months on social media before she and I ever had a call together because I was cautious and because um, I knew that hopping on a call meant it was a sales call. If anybody gives you a free strategy call or a very low cost (laughs) strategy call, it is a sales call. It doesn't mean it's not valuable. It just, it means, and and I've got, I got real value out of those sales calls. Even if I would have never signed up with her, I got value out of it 1000%. But I think that people get their feelings hurt or feel like they're duped whenever they hop on a call with somebody. And then there is a pitch at the end. And if you think about it, if you're trying to go into it, like, Oh, I'm going to get all this advice for free, then yes, you're going to be, you're going to be uh, duped or, or feel like you're being duped or feel like you're being tricked or bait and switched or something like that. If you go into it with the understanding that this person might potentially have the knowledge and the expertise to help get you where you want to go and to truly serve you. And you look at it in that way and understand that that's where they should be coming from. Then it really is, do we gel well together? And that's the entire thing is like a first date that, that call kind of becomes a first date. It's kind of like online dating a little bit. If you, if you don't like Facebook stock them beforehand, is it even a real first date? (laughs) So you have to do your research ahead of time, but then 
use the time on the call to really get to know each other. If you feel like things are going well, but you don't feel comfortable saying yes, I'm going to like break the whole thing. A lot of people are like, you have to get the yes on the sales call. I am not, I know that people process things differently and make decisions. I'm one of those people that's like, don't make decisions, don't make promises when you're happy and don't make decisions when you're upset. And so I like to take the emotion out of things. But if I, at the end of a call, I'm like, I already knew I like this person. I already knew that they have the expertise that could help me. And now they presented this program that sounds like a no brainer to me. And I've seen it work for other people that are just like me, then I will make a decision on the sales call. But it's not, it's not like a, a yes or a no on the sales call completely for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And I, I don't like pushing for that kind of thing on a sale. I'm with you. The whole, you've got to get the yes on the sales call. I don't like pushing for it. I like to try to inform any leads that I have. If we're hopping on a call, you already have my price list and you already have a comprehensive brochure of what coaching looks like with me so that you are at least kind of aware of what your answer would be, right? Like, because yes, it's a free call, but also I don't want to waste my time if you have zero interest. And typically if you've gone through the process of filling out an application and I've sent you my services and pricing guide and you're still wanting to, it's, yeah, like you said, it's very clear like this. Yes, it's a free call, but it's also, we're going to talk about whether this is the next right step. And I'd love to work with you if we're a good fit, but that is what the call is for because I made the mistake at the beginning of accepting people as clients that I did not do a discovery call with and we did not gel together well. And I didn't have any kind of catastrophic, you know, story happen or anything like that. But I just knew that I had taken on a client that didn't fit well. And I promised myself that I would never do that again. So unless I've had prior experience with someone and we've talked consistently before, I am not accepting anyone as a client. If we haven't gotten on a call and I really know exactly what your goals are and what kind of person you are. I, my suggestion to everyone, if you are hopping on a call with someone and you're thinking about becoming a client, ask that person who their ideal client is. If they have someone that would be the most perfect person to work with them, because A, you're either going, they're either going to tell you and you're going to know, yes, that is me or no, that's not me. Or B, they're not going to be able to really articulate that, in which case you probably should rethink things. Oh, 100%. And if the, if you are seeing as somebody that's getting ready to hire someone and that's what you're doing is you are hiring someone to be your business coach. If there are red flags, either pre-call or on the call, don't like hope they're going to resolve themselves or ignore them, address them. You can address them politely, but absolutely address them or move on to somebody else because mm-hmm. I know I've been on both sides of it and I've ignored red flags and it does not lead to a great um, experience for either parties involved. No. And you, as a coach, and I know you feel this way, you want to give the absolute best of yourself that you can to your clients. And yeah. in order to do that, you've got you've to know that you're a right fit. So 100%, 100%. What, what I do and the way that I work is not for everyone, just like mm-hmm. the way that you work is not for everyone. And, and I think that's true for everybody. So if yeah. 
And I think more so than even being a demographic type thing, it's a psychographic and where you are in your headspace that really makes for an ideal client. Yeah. And like I said earlier, we all, every single coach is different in the way that they coach and do things and the spin they take on things. And there's, we're all just unique people. So we teach in different ways and every coach can only take on a very few, like, number of people. And that's where the whole community over competition comes in, right? I can only take on, I think my max is 18 clients in an entire year. So like I only need 18 clients. I don't need to try to speak to every single client out there. I just have to find the 18 that are right for me. And yeah. so there's no problem saying if you hop on a call, if I hop on a call with someone and I'm not thinking we're a good fit, I don't have a problem saying I don't think we're going to work together well, not because you're not a great person. I just think that you would be better served by someone who can do this or teaches this way. And that's okay because there are so many other amazing coaches out there that you can refer others to and things like that. So that's kind of a soapbox tangent, but. (laughs) Well, I know that the way in which I work with clients, I mean, we, we meet once or twice a month. Yes. And those are, you know, deep deep conversations. But even in between those, they have Voxer access to me mm-hmm. basically all the time. And so they'll send me updates and celebrations and I'll send them requests for check-ins and everything. So being able to communicate in different ways is so important. And I get super close with my clients. Like they, mm-hmm. which, which is just like the way that I am. Like I'm super vulnerable with them. They're super vulnerable with me. And so if there isn't that like gel or that fit, or there's some sort of like stiffness or tension, mm-hmm. it completely undermines the entire relationship. And you're not going to get what you should be getting out of it, basically. Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And that is definitely, yeah, you almost end up feeling like it gets to the point where you and your clients end up feeling like friends because, or it should, I feel like, I don't know, I'm with yeah. you on that. I feel like we're on the same page. I feel like I'm friends with my clients. They're my clients and they have hired me first and foremost, but I also, I care about, you know, I teach time management, but I also care about whether or not they feel like they're having enough quality time with their significant other. And if they're getting Mm -hmm. enough date nights, right? Like I care about how they're doing with having their kids home during COVID-19 you end up caring about so much more than just that one little thing that you're talking about and what you were initially hired for. Oh, 100%. And I think that that um, is one of the things that I look for whenever I'm looking for a business coach or looking for a new coaching relationship um, for myself, but also what I'm looking for whenever I am vetting new potential clients as well is somebody that understands that I'm not just your business coach. Like I'm invested in you as a human being because there's so much that's wrapped up in business that has absolutely nothing to do with marketing or sales mm-hmm. or, you know, delivery of the thing that you do and life, you know, personal life and business life is so wrapped up. So on both, both sides of the spectrum, when I'm hiring somebody or whenever I'm working as somebody's coach, that has to be a consideration because it's so much bigger than just, you know, your software that you use or or whatever it is. And I do think that that is something that I didn't understand with the first coach that I hired that, that I really needed because it was so, uh, singular. It wasn't a dynamic relationship at all. Mm, So good. 
I love where this is taking us. Do you have any final tips on picking out a coach? Yeah. So the two that I kind of already like hinted at, but I will go ahead and state them outright is know how you, what your default modes are, like how you best work, understanding what your Enneagram is, like knowing how you best work. Like I said, I like the group coaching because I get information. I get to see other people being coached. Um, that is, and, and I can kind of crowdsource without going directly to the coach. And that gives me really good information as well as meeting other amazing entrepreneurs like you and like so many other people that I feel like are in our circle. Um, so just like knowing that, that that's a thing, but then also knowing that I'm really impatient, that I like to take things and run with it, that I need that tailored information in order to really move as quickly as I can. And so like just knowing that the different styles and, and how would best work for me rather than trying to fit myself in somebody else's mold. So know how you work. Um, the second one that I've kind of already hinted at is doing your research. Like don't make a rash decision. If it's somebody that you don't feel comfortable yet with, follow them a little bit longer, reach out and ask them questions, obviously be respectful of their time. But if it, you, you really are building a relationship and if it's coach that's worth you getting to know and worth you wanting to hire, they should be open to building that relationship as well. Another thing that I want to say, and I've seen this a lot in Facebook groups and um, even online on like Instagram, a, a few places, which is don't confuse a business bestie or an accountability, accountability partner or some sort of free partnership as a coaching relationship. I've seen so many people be like, I need an accountability partner. I need a business bestie who knows more about marketing than I do, or that knows more about finances than I do. That is not an accountability partner or business bestie. That relationship should be more of a mutual beneficial, like keeping each other boy, you know, buoyed and like making sure that you guys are moving towards your goals and keeping, keeping each other accountable. A coach is somebody that's going to have the expertise and if that's something you're looking for, be willing to pay for it. It doesn't have to be four or five figures, but be willing to invest the money necessary necessary to get that. And the last thing I would say is hiring a business coach is not a silver bullet. The definition of coaching is basically being able to lead you to the answers that you need or lead you to where you need to go, not doing the work for you. So don't sit here and think that, oh, okay, I've hired a business coach. I can sit back and now everything's going to fall in place. Whenever you hire a business coach, it means you are basically saying, I am willing to do the work necessary mm -hmm. in order to really make this worth this. So it is not a silver bullet. It is almost a, another job, another role that you're playing as a client to not only do, you know, get yourself the results that you're, you're wanting, but also to make sure that you are making it worth that coach's time to show up for you every week or month or however often you guys are meeting. I love that. That is such a good point. A coach is only there to give you the tools and to lead you where you want to go and with simplicity and with a clear action plan. But they're not there to make you do the work. That's yeah. on you. I love yeah. that. That's 
Very good point. I like that a lot. Okay. So what would one action step be this week for anyone who is even remotely curious about finding some kind of coach? So before you go out and look for business coaches, before you even go check out my, my coaching, if you're interested <laughs> in my coaching, uh, before you do any of that, get out a piece of paper. Don't do this on your computer. Get out a piece of paper and write out what you would want from a coaching relationship, what the results are that you want, what um, sort of uh, relationship and, and rapport that you want, what they need to be able to do or be an expert in, write all that out. Because if you try to go and find somebody first and then try to fit what you want into that, you're going to end up like I was with my first coach. And my whole, the whole point of doing this entire interview is to make sure that I can keep you from <laughs> making that same mistake. I want your coaching experience to, as you know, as an entrepreneur to be positive and to be something that really does serve you in the best possible ways. So I would say number one action step before you do anything else is to write out what you want from the coaching relationship. So let's wrap up with a book recommendation. What is one, but I know you've already been on, so you've had to give your like <laughs> your number one book. So <laughs> if there's a number two book that you would recommend to everybody, what would it be? Well, I think even um, on our last interview, I said it's so hard to pick one. So I've always got like a plethora of, of books that um, I would like to recommend. So the one specifically that I thought about for this particular topic even is called She Means Business and it's from Carrie Green. And she is the founder of the Female Entrepreneurs Association, Was it which was another... Um, I wouldn't say that was necessarily a coaching experience because it is a membership, but it was another way in which I was learning how I learn and learning different information through the eyes of an entrepreneur. So um, it's called She Means Business by Carrie Green, and it is a re just a really good, fun, awesome book. Perfect. All right, everyone. I want you to head over to Facebook. Well, actually head to the show notes because I'm going to link to Erin's Facebook group and you guys can join that and kind of start stalking her to see if maybe y'all would be a good fit <laughs> as far as coaching. She gives live trainings every week and they are super valuable and impactful and it's crazy that they're free. So head to the show notes and be sure to go check that out. Erin, where else can they find you? Um, I am on probably the most active. If you want to know like all the things me um, on Instagram at work with process. That's probably where other than the Facebook group where you can, you can get to see all the things me and work with process. Perfect. All right. All of Aaron's links are in the show notes. So head over there, amandawarfield.com forward slash zero two zero. And you can get all the show notes and all the good stuff. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on again. I really appreciate you coming on here a second time. Oh, thank you. Anytime. Anytime you want to have me on, I'm happy to. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me here today, friend. If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to me if you'd leave a rating and review. This is a great way to help spread the word about this podcast and help other wonderful women like yourself find it. You can find this episode show notes as well as tons of other great resources over at amandawarfield.com. And if you aren't following me on Instagram yet, I'd love to connect with you over there. I'm at Mrs. Amanda Warfield. Shoot me a DM and tell me what you love most about this episode. Thanks for being here, friend. I'll see you next time.